0: Women Who Rock With Success is a digital media brand for professional women. Our platform offers opportunities to expand the performances of women within our media sources.
1: Our platform include Media TV, digital podcasting, and printed media. Genres for women include business and marketing, cooking, health and fitness, fashion and interior designing, sports, travel, and policy and government. Women Who Rock With Success is ready to brand your model of business and entertainment for success.
0: Welcome to Women Who Rock With Success, which is an award-winning show for professional women. We profile a collective of amazing women who are thriving to build their brand. Women are handpicked in various fields who can provide credible information to build your business and lifestyle. We are live each Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, followed by our latest brand, Women Who Rock Investigates. To learn more about us, go to our website at www.womenwhorockwithsuccess.com. Now, let's join our podcast host in the studio, Mrs. Diane Winbush. And good afternoon, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. We just wrapped up a, a wonderful summit that we have uh, had for our uh, business and entrepreneur professionals, and so we're going to continue to extend this um, opportunity for you to be able to learn more about um, some of our guests and what they have to offer um, to um, Americans and um, Individuals, professionals all over the globe. So we have a uh, interesting guest that's in our studio on today, and she is none other than Miss Sylvia Via, and she's going to tell us and share with us, and we're going to kick back and we're going to learn a lot about uh, some of the things that she has to offer and how she has um, been so profound in maintaining a consistency as to what her brand. So good afternoon, Sylvia, and welcome to the broadcast.
1: Hi, how are you guys? And thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you, Diane. I'm grateful. How are you? Okay.
0: Okay. we're doing great. And we're so wonderful that you took the opportunity to share with us on the So we're going to kind of go back a little bit further before we start to get into um, the dynamics of what you do. So, kind of share with us a little bit about you what what was you what were you like growing up, and then what kind of compelled you to kind of get into um even some of the brands that you offer on today?
1: oh wow um so growing up, um I kind of had a very uh, i had a fairy book Cinderella type of story um things that most people mm-hmm. in the United States couldn't fathom. Um, I grew up I was born in literally the dirt uh, I was born in Guatemala in a village um, close to the jungle I didn't have any shoes I grew up in a war <laughs> and I grew up in a very abusive home so um okay. so yeah so th- that's how I grew up and then I was an orphan um but what really, I guess, changed my life was being adopted when I was about seven and a half years old. Okay. 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 Great. Um, great. And sorry, so, see, what me? Go ahead. To... Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go no, ahead, no. I, go so, ahead. I, I don't know. I don't know where you want me to go from there because that's a lot.
0: <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Because now most of the women that we have. They're open, okay, so take for take for example, I think uh, back in 2014, one of our guests, they were like a, um, uh, they was a news producer, and then, you know, of course, you know, we hit the recess, recession, and what have you, and she just let it all out, and what have you, and so, of course, she got, you know, downsized from her job, and so most of the individuals that we have on the show, they're professionals, they're corporate America women, they're celebrities, and they come from an impeccable past. I've heard worse than yours. <laughs> so don't don't be afraid okay. to, you know, kind of be, yeah, don't be afraid to share whatever you need to share because this also helps our audience to know that they can be able to continue to thrive. Corporate America women, because I'm telling you, it's a lot of women on here. I think one we had, she she's in the seven-figure uh, digit uh, income annually. And so if she come in one day and, she was playing with her daughter, and so I'm just trying to help you to kind of, you know, loosen up. You're free, and so she was playing with her daughter one day, and she always do every day when she come in from work. And she went in there, and and, and the daughter got home before she did every day, and so the 17 year old daughter, she, the mother came in from work and she took her took her, her her leg and pushed on her just like she always do every day but the daughter was deceased and so this woman <gasps> she, 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 she yes she was she she the daughter was had passed away for some for some reason and so after that the husband walked out on her he it was divorced death and she was going through so many other things but this 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 entrepreneur did not stay there she had to pull up her pants and find a way to create it and now she's making like in the seven digit and income. So, no, no topic or subject or past that you can bring up on this show can be an embarrassment. I'm telling you, there are some impeccable women that has been on this show. They have been walked and drugged and trashed through the mud. I'm serious. And so, that's the reason why I love it. And, you know, so I can be able to hear women's heart and then I can be able to. To uh, help the audience to be able to understand too that everyone didn't grow up with the golden spoon in their mouth, or they did not grow up and with the silver pass, you know, with the with the halo over their head and the wings on their back. There are some women that has been on this show that has really went through, um, and I'm gonna tell you another story, and then we're gonna move on. So one of the um, our guests that we had last year. Actually, Queen Elizabeth actually signed um, an MBA for her. She was awarded an MBA, and so what happened to get her in that position, she continued to give, such as what you're doing. She created a brand. She continued to give. She continued to to be a humanitarian, and all of a sudden, it it was because of her daughter. She had lost a young daughter, too. and and her daughter had passed as well. And so the mother kept singing, she kept doing jazz, she kept working, she didn't want the death of her daughter to get her down. And and I think, it was, I think it was a couple of years ago, Queen Elizabeth, the one that's living now, went in there and, and signed an MBA to this woman. So there is no stories on this broadcast can ever, you know, make you feel that it's up, up under you or below you. There's some women that has been on this show that has had some impeccable past. And so that's the reason why we applaud women such as yourself that don't remain in the same spot. You get up, you dust yourself off, and you keep moving. So I just wanted to kind of make you feel comfortable on that. Of course.
1: I I feel definitely comfortable. (laughs) I feel definitely comfortable. It was just kind of like, um, I guess, I guess, um, in in tribute to what you're saying, um, Mm -hmm. I want to salute those women because I really did, I really do realize um, that um, I guess, circumstances, and I guess um, mm-hmm. it just sh- shows and proves the resilience that women do have. And uh, I think those who are really successful and enjoy their success and really and mm-hmm. give back and, and keep them humble and grounded are the men and the women, but, you know, that really go through things, especially as a child, because I think when you really yeah. struggle as a child, you never forget that feeling and what it's like to go to bed hungry. That's you know it's one of the worst feelings in the world. Where, like for instance, you know when I was living in Guatemala, like I I you know we wouldn't have food. My mother was teach. My mother would say to me, um, hey, all the men are gonna pay attention to me, so make sure that you steal behind me. So like she was she, and I guess my biological mother in a sense was the first woman who was teaching me to survive right and to be Mm -hmm. yeah at the same time like you know how to to come out here and get it so she utilized her Mm -hmm. beauty and her looks because I was just a child you know to um to go get food for us so um I definitely believe in what you're saying and and it just once again um Mm -hmm. uh, solidifies that yes people who go through um harsh paths you know either it can make or break you but if it makes you then your resilience and um i guess your you know your trajectory of success is going to be that much better because you know what it's like to be in the body
0: exactly exactly because you know when i first got started Sylvia with this uh broadcast from back in 2014 i'm like okay then here go these women Okay, blah, blah, blah. But once I learned, I'm like, okay, look where they are. Okay, we also had the opportunity. Here's another one that we um, interviewed, and she was uh, Veronica Gray, and that was back in 2014, of course. And she played, um, she was like a humanitarian for sharks or what have you. And then she also, um, Veronica also played in a clip with uh, the movie called Blue Chips some years ago with Shaq and... Oh I can 't think of the other uh I think it was Nick Nolte. and so these ladies have came from an impeccable past and i and I just sit here that 's all I do. I sit in the studio and I listen to them, I cry with them, you know, I sympathize with them, and then you look at where they came from, and then you look where they are today and so that's the reason why I guess we're still on the broadcast, listening, sharing, and being willing to um go through with them, and then for them to be able to triumph over all of these things. And so I think that is such a wonderful uh, thing that you all are, you know, are doing to be able to share. So even when, you know, you talked about you were in an orphanage. So let's kind of stay there Uh for just a second, and then we'll move on uh, to the next segment. So even as an orphan, so did you have big dreams back then, or did the dreams kind of come a little bit later on after you kind of maybe reached – the adolescence um, uh, maturity of your of your life, like say twelve, age thirteen, age fourteen, or something like that. When did your dreams began? Because sometimes, like I say, we can be in the whale well and we don't we don't know what's going on when we're at the bottom of the whale. Well. But then we start to dream, and no, this is not where I want to be. I don't want to be here forever. So, when, what kind of compelled you, or what was your passion even? Back then, as a child, to be able to compel you to where you are today.
1: Okay, that's a great question, and no one's ever asked me that. Um, so, okay. first of all, I didn't, I didn't speak, um, not one word, um, at all, because of the trauma, okay. the between seeing all the murders, you know, from the war between mm-hmm. the abuse that mm-hmm. was being inflicted on me and watching my mother be abused, and then being given up in in, in an orphanage. So um, the power, you know, you've heard of the book, The Secret, right? Where it's called, you know, the mm-hmm. power of thought, the universal law. So I knew mm-hmm. I was, I was dreaming, honestly, at four or five years old, I would run away barefoot with like pebbles in my feet and sticks in my feet, glass, and I would just run away anywhere in my own solitude and pray. And I would envision literally close my eyes and envision a place it was like i would just meditate and find myself somewhere else right so i was already in tune with the power of universal law and the power of dreams and what you put out to the earth at such a young age because that's all i had because my reality was just so horrific that i had to dream of being someone somewhere else spiritually so and I mm-hmm. didn't talk, and I refused to talk because my um, stepfather wanted to get emotions out of me because that was his form of control. So he wanted to see me cry. He wanted to see me in pain. He wanted for me to say, stop. He wanted me to vocalize or to, to you know, um, or see me in tears or in turmoil. Mm-hmm. And my only form of control I had was to contain all my emotions and hold them inside but the power that I sure. knew I had was dreaming and with God. So, in the orphanage, um, I found it, I found it very hard to communicate because um, that the language there was Spanish, and my language in my in my um, biological home was Mayan. It's a dialect, and it was Spanish. But because I was refusing to talk, I couldn't communicate very well. So even then, I was always, um, dreaming and, you know, and then it was crazy because when I was, when I was finally on a plane, um, well, before that, let me step back. Um, I could always draw. So before I could even speak, um, I, I could always draw. So that was another form of my escape was dreaming through, um, you know, if I would draw on the, on the dirt, um dreaming when they when i got to the orphanage i was able to get crayons and colored pencils and i was drawing so i guess that i i guess due to trauma i started dreaming at a very young age i would say three or four and my dream was just to be in a loving environment and a peaceful and that was really my first dreams and to be loved especially you know by just my own family and not to be hated you know, because I was born into hatred.
0: Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's that's fair enough because uh, you know it's it's from pain to passion, passion to pain sometimes, and uh, yeah, that's great. That's great. And so, yeah, and that creates, and
1: is, that creates dreams.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because we don't want to ever stop thinking about what we can be. Uh, not who we mm-hmm. can be but what we can be able to be and so that is very very important and uh just like i said i'm amazed of, of the the women that um that comes onto the show i'm like okay i know that you you don't you don't have any stories or what have and and it's not my thing to ask ask them about anything sometimes they just tell it they just they just open up and they mm-hmm. say it. i just be so you know confounded as to mm-hmm. um some of the stories that the celebrities even will share. We have celebrities. They fix hair and and, and makeup and all those things, and I'll just just be, you know, kind of appalled as to um, some of the things that they had to go through in order for them to be where they are today. And so that's victory for women, you know, even though sometimes women are not saluted and celebrated in many areas and what have you. Sometimes you have certain areas, locations, countries, states, they have gender factors where, you know, you know, some people may feel one is dominant over the other, whether it's male or female, and so um, I just really applaud women who who dust dust the heels off and say, "No, this is not where I'm going to stay." Even though this is in the past, I'm going to take this while I am, and I'm going to run with it. And so, as I mm-hmm. say, you know, I applaud women's in that area. So let's let's talk about <clears throat> let's talk about your brand uh, in coffee, um, and so. Let's talk about that, and then we also want to um, learn a little bit of about the name, as to why you selected the name that you did for your coffee brand.
1: Okay, sure. So um, I'm going to start out first with the name, and then I'll, I'll I'll share with you the story on how the coffee, why the coffee. You know, out of all businesses, mm-hmm. um, so hmm. obviously my my um, name is Sylvia and um if you cut it in half it's via but via means um by the way of or it means through so if you're driving 95 it's a via or if you say um, i'm sending email it will say via via email or so it just means by the way of or through um in uh, latin actually so um i also my logo i'm I'm dyslexic, so if you turn my logo any which way, via, um, it you it you can see it, um, it. Well, my original logo. I'm sorry. Let me let me before I get to the coffee. Um, I'm also an, a painter and a designer, um, so I do a lot of high end restaurants. I do a lot of um, commercial property like hotels, and you know, obviously, I do residential. So when I first trademark my name um it was back in 2000 i want to say uh 14 i think and um mm-hmm. this is an important business um advice i want to give to especially women make sure that you legally trademark your name because in 2000 and i think want to say 19 or 18 i actually ended up suing um warren buffett's company he owned he bought a real estate property in boston and i sued him for a trademark infringement because they um they copied my logo exactly to the t so i actually won and they had to change their logo um and so that's an important business advice i want to make sure that a lot of women especially understand and know that if you're creating a name and a brand, um, make sure that you just don't create LLC. Make sure that, or, you know, incorporate it. Make sure that you're also protecting your name by um, trademarking it, um, wh- whether it's a product or a service. So, anyway, mm-hmm. that's the name beer. Now, as far as the Guatemala coffee, um, you know, So back to being, you know, adopted, um, you know, so I I came to this country, blah, blah, blah. I had an amazing adopted father who always taught me to dream and I could be anything. And, you know, my longing for um, I always felt very alone in the United States, like I had no family, even though my adopted parents were great people. um, I don't want to take that away from them. You know, we we I had we had a lot of differences. So I always knew I was going to be a young mother. I had my daughter, a very young age. And, um, you know, she knew the struggles that I went through, uh, as far as, you know, just feeling very lonely. So my daughter was in a sense, my only blood that I had in the United States. Um, and, in, mm-hmm. and back again to my abuse, abusive past, I was finding myself being in a lot of abusive relationships. And, um, the last abusive relationship I was in was in 2000 and um 7 or 8 where um I was yeah 2008 I was stabbed um um where the person he tried to kill my he tried to kill me. Anyway, I knew that I needed closure so I tried to look for my biological mother in 2010 and I wasn't um successful in that and it was just so painful and, um, I remember being on the plane after trying to find my biological mother, you know, I hired like detectives and everything, but you know, my country is still very back backwards. Meaning women are still not getting educated. There's still not clean water. Mm-hmm. We're still living in villages. This people are still barefoot, you know, like it, it, it's very, it's still very sad circumstances there. So, um. I was on the plane and I, I opened up my blackberry cause you know, that's what was the phone back then. And my daughter said to me, um, an email, she said, dear mommy, I hope that you found my biological mommy because if, um, I, if you weren't missing, I would try to look for you as well. And, um, she goes, thank you for the money that you left me and Nana. Um, we went school shopping and I can't wait to see you when you get home. I love you very much. Right. And I was on the plane reading that email And I was hyperventilating Like I, I never had had a panic attack But I was so heartbroken Because I realized that I was letting The inner child That abusive little girl live in me that, um, okay. And that's why I found myself Repeatedly in abusive relationships And I wasn't enjoying Being a mother in the United States I wasn't enjoying Being an entrepreneur I was still living in that abusive past Hence why I was finding abusive men Anyway I okay. flew back home And you, I, I put it in the past I was like you know what I said this is so painful I'm never ever ever going to try to look for my mother again I made my biological mother a promise When um, they were ripping us apart At the orphanage And she made me promise mm-hmm. like, Make sure you come back home Make sure you come look for me And I And I felt like okay I fulfilled that promise It didn't happen I'm going to let it go So Mm -hmm. during COVID 2020, behind my back, my daughter, who is half Liberian and half Mayan Indian, her being a curious young 20-year-old woman, she did a DNA test because she wanted to know about her African side and then she wanted to know about Mm -hmm. her Mayan side. And behind my back, she knew it was so painful for me she started looking for my biological family. So while everybody was going through this awful time in COVID I literally had Mm -hmm. had the most miraculous miracles happen to me. My daughter found my biological family and, um, and she did it through her DNA test and what had happened was when my mother had given me up my biological family they were so enraged and my mother was so ashamed but because she knew that my uncles or my aunts, any one of them would have taken care of me, but she was so scared for my life that she she knew that my stepfather he he told her like if you if if she you don't get rid of her meaning kill her, he was demanding that he that my mother kill me, um, that he would come find me and kill me. So she was she she what she did is she did the most her thing and give me up, but she was in so much shame that she didn't tell my aunts and my uncle, so when they found out the orphanage um what happened was they were looking for me and looking for me so when one of uh, a couple of my biological uncles ended up coming to the United States, and one of them joined the Mormon family and the the Mormon religion, I should say. And, um, apparently mm-hmm. I guess a lot of Mormons lead the religion. So my nephew, mm-hmm. which I still haven't met was very good in computers. So they asked my nephew, Hey, will you do it? Um, you know, people who are missing from our religion In saying that my uncle, who I didn't get to meet cause he passed away said, look, we've been looking for our niece for 30 something years. Will you please, um, Look for our daughter and set up. The, I mean, look for our niece and set up this DNA stuff, right? So here, okay. my my nephew did all that. So when my daughter is did the whole DNA test, my nephew reaches out to my daughter and says, "Hey, we're cousins, and um, I by the way, I, I we've been looking for your mother." So my daughter, being like she doesn't trust anybody, right, and she's very protective of me, is like. Who are these people? Are they trying to scam us? So um, she's asking questions. And then my nephew says, was your mother um, an orphan? And is your mother's name, you know, Sylvia? And um, we've been Mm -hmm. looking for her. We thought that she was in Canada. So anyway, he goes, "Uh, I'm not the best to answer your questions, but my uncle lives in Los Angeles, and my uncle Edwin, and he can give you um, more detail. So my daughter calls my uncle. And she's like, "Hi, you know, my name is Chanel." And um, she was like, "I think that you're my uncle, and I think that you know my mother is you know your sister's daughter." And he started crying, and he was like, Is her name, Sylvia. And he, and then um, my biological mother's name is Delia, and nobody knows that. So he said, "Um, it, you know, my sister's name is Delia." And he just started breaking down and crying. And he said, oh, my God. He said, we've been looking for her and praying for her every single day and night. We light a candle for 30-something years. So my daughter is, like, in shock. So she comes over and she says, Mom, I'm going to come over. It's 1130 at night. And she's like, um, I'm going to. And, and she just comes over. And we. she's like, we're going to call somebody. She doesn't, still doesn't tell me. And um, then she goes, Mm -hmm. hey, Uncle Edwin. And I'm looking at her like, Uncle Edwin? And then um, she goes, Mom, I want to introduce you to your biological uncle. And I'm like about to cry. And from there, Mm -hmm. we just started talking. And um, I was like, oh, my God. I was just, this happened in August in 2020. So I knew right away that I had to fly to meet my uncle. In saying that, obviously, the whole he tells the whole family, I find out that I have a baby sister in the United States. I actually have two, but I met the first one in Atlanta. Her name is Rosemary. So in 2020, I flew in, in late September. I flew to L.A. first to meet my biological uncle and my cousins, who, mind you, do the same thing as I do as far as fashion design and art. And all this time mm-hmm. my uncle has been in the United States for 20 something years. Um I met my uncle my my two cousins and then I and then I flew to Atlanta to meet my my biological sister baby sister for the first time. Now before I left my country I had remembered that I had a brother and a sister but I didn't know that my mother continued to have you know other kids so I met her mm-hmm. for the first time. And then I flew to Guatemala. To finally reunite with my biological brother, my biological baby sister, my aunt and my uncle. And um, I had a, I have friends and family from United... I mean, I have friends from the United States who live in Guatemala, and they hosted the family for me. Now, remember, my, I don't speak my language, <laughs> so the, they had translators for okay. me, and we were able to reunite. So I promised myself, I said, every year, In October, I'm always going to go back to for my birthday to reunite with my biological family. So this year, I did the same past thing in 2020, this past year, 2021. You know, I went back and I reunited with my family again. And um, in saying that, um, I hadn't met my cousin for the first time. So I went to another village and I met my cousin. And he's like, Hey, Prima. He's like, I know that you're a businesswoman in Guatemala, I mean, in the United States. And he was like, I have a family, I have um, friends that own a, a, a coffee farm. And then um, he's like, you know, would you be interested? And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, sure. And I went to the coffee farm and I, it, and I went and because I can't move any product or I can't, I can't be part of something that I don't believe in. You know, that's just, some, that's just how I am. What? So I went there Mm -hmm. and I met the family and I tried the coffee and it just was like, wow, it makes sense because artists, writers, creators, and coffee shops go hand in hand. And literally it was towards the end of my trip, I want to say in November, and um, me and the farmer, we shook hands and we created the um, company. I bought the website domain immediately. I called my lawyers, and then within December, I had started the company, and my first shipment came in February, and I've been selling out since then. So Via Guatemala Coffee was born.
0: Wow, that is an impeccable story. So uh, with that, how has that been even rewarding for you, you know, to go through all of the transition, and then also you're able to invent this this wonderful gourmet coffee uh, to so many millions of people. So how has that been rewarding for you? How does that fulfill well, you on been, the inside been, to be it, able to... It,
1: it, yeah, it's Go been ahead. so rewarding for me. And another reason why I was so excited to create the company was because, you know, I know Starbucks and I know Dunkin' Donuts and I know Pete's Coffee and I know whatever, all these coffee companies get their coffee. From my country, okay, we're, we're we're top ten in the world for distribution of coffee. Mm-hmm. But the problem I'm having with these companies, especially Starbucks, which is a multi-billion-dollar company, is is you come into my country, right, and you don't you take the resources, and then for marketing purposes, you put on your wall and you say fair trade. But I don't see any schools, I don't see any hospitals, I don't see any education centers for women. So I, me being a woman of color, and just being somewhere once again from countries where we have all these natural resources and we constantly getting exploited, I felt that it was just a, it was just something like a, it was not even just a. It wasn't for money for me why I started. It was like a calling and a purpose where almost like God put this in my faith and was like, you need to do this to help your people. And um, I just was like, I, 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 got, I started getting really disgusted because, you know, people in the United States go spend five, six, seven, even $10 or $20 a day on, co- on a cup of coffee making, you know, I hate to say <laughs> it, just the older rich white man rich. And they come in and take in the resources but you're doing nothing to give back to the people. So I made it my point yeah. in my mission to say, Okay, what can I do with the with this with, with the farm? I'm gonna pay my farmers more than the average pay in Guatemala. I wanna make sure that women are working in the farm and with every single bag of coffee that someone gets they get a thank you card with our mission statement saying that we pay more than the average pay Saying that our mission and our hope is to help build a, um, shelters for women who've been abused because abuse is such a a, a prevalent thing there, domestic violence, mm-hmm. and to help orphans because mm-hmm. obviously, orph- you know, I was an orphan. So the reward for me obviously is amazing because I know that not only am I helping um, to help the economy in my country, not only am I helping, I'm, I'm helping about 50 families currently right now in the farm that um that thanks to you know the business and the people who purchased are able to help these families as well so but i'm also so grateful and happy that i get to people get to taste something from my country i love my country so much so i get to import something from guatemala and they get to have a little bit of just my, my you know my country and they're like and the coffee is amazing. So it makes me happy to know that people wake up in the morning and I help put a smile on their face to quality coffee.
0: Okay. Okay, great. So what are some of the takeaways? You know, when I was coming up back into, I don't know, the early 70s, late 60s, and what have you, uh, I think Tasties Choice was one of our coffees here in America. And I think another one was... Um, Maxwell House, that's another brand, and I think the Taster's Choice brand has kind of gone off the shelves now here in America. You really rarely see less of it unless you order online. And and, and and people when the first sip that they want to take when it comes to coffee, they want to be able to 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 resonate with that brand. So what what would you say would be a little bit just a little tad different from your product versus the products you know, because because that was something interesting that you said. You know, when when people get up in the morning, they take a sip of your coffee, they take a sip of your Guatemala, and then I'm able to provide for that. So, you know, what are what are what are some significance uh, from what you provide uh, versus just a, a, an ordinary coffee brand? I guess I would say.
1: Um, perfect example, and I challenge every single person listening to this. To go into their K cup or go into their whatever coffee they're sipping, if it's not mine, and I want you to open up the seal of, say, your K cup or I want you to open up your bag. The first difference that you're going to see is um, you're going to open up your product and it's going to be like powder. You you don't, the coffee that everyone is drinking right now in the United States, God knows how long it's been sitting in a warehouse. With my coffee, when you open up, first of all, you can smell it through the bag. But when you open up Mm -hmm. my coffee bag, you can literally see the minerals from the volcano. So um, Guatemala has 273 volcanoes, only one active. And that's what makes our coffee so good is the soil and the richness. But also, I pride myself that um, even if I do get a warehouse, which that's the goal, I, I will not have my coffee sitting for months in a warehouse never mind years and then ship it because it's just it that's lousy quality so when you open up my bag the biggest difference and I challenge everybody right now and and who's listening and any of your followers please open up your own but whatever coffee you have and you're going to open it up and it's going to look like powder then buy my coffee open it up and look at it and it's going to look like little tiny brown grains, and you're going to see like it's going to shine a little bit in the light that's called minerals and that's called real coffee and you're going to be just amazed like wow like wow okay.
0: <laughs> okay great so uh some of the reports in america um uh, not for, for sure what's going on in and other uh countries so in the united states Due to the COVID, the pandemic, we are seeing a shortage in some um, uh, brands of coffee, and and it's of course it's uh, high demand because people are staying at home now. They're doing businesses at home. They are some people have walked away from their jobs, so to speak. And so, what would you say to that? They they have an article, I think, in the Los Angeles Los Angeles Times, and I, and I think it was on the news um, here recently as. Uh, as far as the Americans are concerned, we're seeing a decline and a shortage um, in coffee. So um, kind of elaborate on that uh, for us as to why you you think, I mean, and I know sometimes when we use a lot, and that's, that's a supply, and then, of course, you're going to have to, you know, pour back into whatever it is, the brand that the individual is creating, but here in the United States, we're seeing a decline simply because of the fact of the of supply and demand. So, could you at least elaborate on that uh, for us and how your brand can also that that can be somewhat of an opportunity to be able to also make a major impact even in the U.S.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you first off that's lies because. And, and and they say that, and I'll tell you why, because they, they're, they're inflation. Okay. So they're going to mark up the prices, okay? And they're telling you that because it's already, they're like, you're like, oh, my God, oh, no, I need my coffee, right? So when they come back with the mm-hmm. price of, say, $5 more, you, they're going to say, well, this is why we warned you, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> That's just one. There's, there's no really, that, so they're they're basically letting you know, we're charging you more, we're saying there's a shortage, but it's really because of gas prices from flights to, you know, trucks to ship it here. So no, there's not really a shortage, I don't believe that, because the amount of coffee that my my country literally distributes all over the country, not to mention we have, Central America, we have South America and we have Africa. Mm-hmm. Like these are this is these are, mm-hmm. in a little bit of Asia. Anywhere where there's um volcanoes is where the coffee comes from. So when they're speaking about that, they're speaking about um really the shortage meaning as far as being able to ship and import and export. And that's why I'm gonna touch upon my price. Um people are like, Oh my god, your bag is thirty dollars a bag and I tell them, Listen, this isn't coming from china where they mass produce everything this isn't coming from where how eat, like guatemala is very 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 hard to import and export it's one of the hardest countries okay. to import and export from okay yeah so you just not okay. you it's it, like it's just not one of those things where it's very easy to do business out there so um i i there is no shortage on my end. That's what I'm going to tell my any customers or my customers and any of your customers listening, new customers I hope. But also I am going to let them know. Yes, this is the reason why my bag is thirty dollars a bag. Um, and I'm going to be honest. You're paying for the import and the export cost. It's very expensive to import and export. It's not cheap. It's not like hey, let me just you know go to down the street and get something it's not like you go online on Amazon and you know from China and not to mention this comes from a family-owned farm now how um, as far as people working from home and the opportunity is so great for me because the online business and people yes want to brew from home and I, honestly, I'm thank, thank God everything is just working for me and it's right time and place and I'm just moving at the right frequency because um, the mm-hmm. trajectory I want to say or I think the percentage of, I, I think coffee in about five to 10 years is going to be, a, is, is like 26 something billion dollars. So if I can just get, 0.1% of that market of people who buy online and people who brew at home, then my, com- my classy company is going to do amazing. I'm, I'm projected to be in the multi-millions within the next five years and um, help my economy and my country. And eventually, I want to be able to, um, you know, like I said, have a warehouse in the United States and I always want to make it a woman-owned company. So all my workers will be women, all my truck drivers will be women, and all my distributors I want to have will be women because it's important to me that I just not only empower women in my country, in Guatemala, but I empower women in the United States. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, okay, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. That's a fair enough uh, opinion that you drove to um, to the... uh, to the listeners, because um, I do uh, agree with you on that. Sometimes, uh, like our former President Trump would say, uh, fake news, sometimes individuals will uh, do a hype media presentation, I guess, uh, just to get the people panicking to get them yeah. all stirred up, to get them energized and what have you, and then they'll go out and they'll start buying and purchasing a lot of things, which is still yeah. out there on the market. Like, as I stated before, on Amazon, you can go and buy just about any brand um, of coffee that they, you know, um, provide here in the United States. But before we go, uh, Sylvia, I want to be able to talk about your, 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 your designs. <clears throat> and for you to be able to share that also, because for the month of February and March, we had celebrities, hairstyle celebrities, makeup celebrities. We had all of those types of uh, guests on the show. And so we want you to be able to touch on that as well.
1: Okay, sure. So my design as far as an artist?
0: Mm-hmm, yes.
1: Or, 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 okay, um, sure. So. So I have um, I own currently two companies right now. Um, if you go to www.viasworld.com, www.viasworld, uh, you're going to be able to see um, my fashion. I own multiple fashion brands, and then I also own, do my art and design. So you're going to be able to go online and see some of the art that I've done. Um, for these hotels or for these restaurants, and you're going to be able to see some of my custom jackets, which I've done for a lot of NFL, NBA players, a lot of different celebrities. Um, each one of my custom jackets, I start at $500 to 1000 to $2,000. Um, they're hand-painted and they're, ha- uh, hand ta- and they're custom-tailored to each client. Um, as far as my fashion brands, i have mom money over men i have um my black label via black label via army fighting for love Um, my percentage goes back to the veterans because my adopted father was a veteran and then i have um i just have via and then i also have um a brand called cocaine white and it's not to glorify drugs it's just to talk about the propaganda and hypocrisy in the united states with how um, through fashion and what um drugs you know what? Like, if you even think about the vaccines the pharmaceutical, like, what this where mm-hmm. this country would be without drugs. Um. So I'm telling kind of the story through fashion, and then um mm-hmm. again I have Via Guatemala Coffee, which you go to w dot w dot V-I-A, guatemala g u a t e m a l a coffee dot com, and um um again I what they're gonna do is both companies they're gonna um, feed off each other so I plan on um, with my paintings for instance um, every year I dedicate one year to do a paint series so a couple of years ago I did the global standards of beauty where I painted women from all over the world are what's considered beautiful in their culture anything mm-hmm. from scarification to um, piercings to um, you know uh, body um, um, uh, what is the word I to say, um, like headdresses, anything like that. And then last year I did the one paint series where um, I did through painting and art that there's no such thing as a black human, meaning the actual color of black, and there's no such thing as a white human. And um, this year I'm dedicating my year, it's called the Via Sex Paint Series, where I'm painting about the conversation of, of sex. So what I'm going to do with each paint series is I'm creating coffee books. So the coffee books will be sold on Via World, but they'll also be sold on um via Guatemala coffee. So as far as my accessories and via Guatemala coffee, you'll be able to buy coffee books, you'll be able to buy um and some of my art will be on it. So they're gonna feed off of each other. Um also too. Okay. Um yes, my back huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. Oh, sorry. Also, to my background, um, as far as an artist, I've been published. Um, I've been in. Uh, I was. I, I. did a. Um, what's it called? Um, art Basil. I did an event. I was a featured artist for that. Um, some of my art is in, like I said, hotels. The Charles Mark Hotel on wilton Street in Boston, um, HarborSide Inn Hotel on State Street. I did. Um. It, Hotel Oasis in Guatemala um, in Lake Atacan. I've done a few restaurants and um working on some spa, medical spa stuff right now. So um, as far as that's my art side. I am available for commission. Uh, my prices start at 2000 for anything custom. Okay. Okay, great. So With the last question, share with the audience. We
0: have really enjoyed you. Let me say that before you uh, share your uh, social link so the audience can be able to follow you. Um, We have really enjoyed your impeccable story today, Sylvia. And uh, we do um, salute and honor the things that you, um, the compassion that you have for others. I love the humanitarianism that you give back to the public to the community to your people in guatemala so uh, my head is all to you for that and so of course we always allow our guests to be able to share their links their social media handles or any upcoming adventures that they would like to share with the audience you can do that at this time
1: okay thank you so much and thank you to your listeners and thank you for this opportunity i'm grateful um Sure. So, again, um, my website for Vias World is uh, viasworld.com, V-I-A-S world.com. And if you want to find me on Instagram, it's vias.world. Um, same thing with Facebook. And then um, as far as the Via Guatemala Coffee, it's uh, Via Guatemala Coffee on Instagram. It's Via Guatemala on, um, Coffee on Facebook. um and that website is um, uh, www.viaguatemalacoffee.com. um, So those are the two companies, and you can find me. And, um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I'm so grateful, and thank you again for this opportunity. Okay.
0: And you are so very welcome. Hope to perhaps maybe have you back on the show later on in the year or maybe 2022 so we can perhaps maybe do a follow-up on your brand. And so, listeners, um, you know where to go find us. at. We're on social media, of course, uh, at www.facebook.com forward slash Women Who Rock With Success Media. So thank everyone for tuning in on the second half of Women Who Rock With Success. And, Sylvia, thank you once again for being our guest on the show. And so, everyone, have a wonderful day. Thank you, Sylvia.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.